Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. brings me so much pleasure to once again say hey everybody oh hey hey jenny we're back back. we are back it is uh it's not season one two three four five or six it is season (gasps) seven and if you know the show you know there are but seven seasons in it so here we are starting starting the end we have some exciting news (laughs) Do you want to go to prom? <laughs> yeah, you know what, Jenny? I would love to go to prom, but I, could you just tell me where? I, I know we're having a prom. It's in March, I think, the 11th and the 12th. But where do I go if I want to go to prom? Where is it being held, Jenny? We're throwing prom at, and I can't stress this enough, <laughs> Sunnydale High School. Yeah, it's bananas no one understands it including your two hosts but um we rented torrance high school out not the whole high school that would be a lot of space but we rented uh the theater and the courtyard space yeah the one with the fountain the one with the That's fountain right. and the stairs that you'll recognize uh, you, you will not climb walk down those because stairs of safety uh we yes. rented out torrance high school to have a two-night prom torrance high school aka sunnydale high school it is it's unbelievable Uh, truly i mean we did it and we still don't believe it um it's true we sold out we announced on halloween we sold out of the advanced ticket bundles we of course saved some for public sale so if you want a ticket and i cannot stress this enough if you want a ticket to attend in person i highly highly recommend you show up at buffering the vampire slayer.com slash prom on November 5th, a.k.a. this Friday, at 10 a.m. Eastern, which is when we're releasing the remaining ticket bundles. Okay? Okay. March 11th, March 12th, March 11th, we're doing a live taping. And March 12th, we are dancing the night away around the iconic Sunnydale High School fountain. I just... Huzzah! Wow. Um, also exciting stuff. Jenny and I are going to be in the same dang space, the same room on November 13th. As a matter of fact, the room that I'm sitting in right now, Jenny will be here inside of this room with me. And we will be doing a virtual live taping of season seven, episode three, same time, same place. Get it? Because we're going to be in the same place at the same time. Uh, You can get tickets (laughs) to that no matter where you live in the universe with no travel required. At momenthouseuniverse.com slash buffering the vampire slayer. Yeah, universe. I bet you could watch it in space. (laughs) Also, (laughs) for those of you who can't make it on the 13th of November, precisely at 5 p.m. Eastern, the live recording will be available for seven days on video on demand uh, for you. We're also doing a little after party. Jenny, you're going to play some music? Oh, yeah, I'm going to play some music. Well, you'll be in the same room with me. So would you like me to like play a couple notes on the old Glock? That would be helpful, actually. Cool, cool, cool. You can learn all about this and snag your little tickets. Uh, Again, momenthouse.com slash buffering the vampire slayer. All details are on our website. 
as always. In the merchandise landscape, I need to tell you some things. We have some new products in the store to celebrate being back with season seven. We have a beautiful poster designed by the one and only Diana Kresge, featuring Frank, Sam, and Gus, in addition to me and Kristen. Really, <laughs> not the headliners in that, <laughs> in that lineup. <laughs> and we have a beautiful, magical new trio of handmade candles by Solus Illuminatum with designs by Isabella Rotman. The three new candle designs that we are introducing each highlight a different aspect of Willow, Vampire Willow, Nerd Willow, and Dark Willow. You're welcome in yeah, advance. Yeah, they're gorgeous. And also, we were so obsessed. I mean, we're obsessed with all three of the designs, but we were so obsessed with the Vampire Willow design, which says kind of gay, that mm. we also took that design and put it on a long sleeve t-shirt also up in the store. The long sleeve t-shirt uh, and the poster are also up in the UK store, bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash shop. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. The results of the season six sexual tension awards bracket showdown created and managed by our beloved Emily McLongstreet. Drum roll, please. In third place, your very own Kristen Russo mm -hmm. and Anya on roller skates. Thank Take you. those noms and stick them in your third slot. I've been holding please. on to Anya very tightly so she doesn't fall off the platform on her roller skates. <laughs> in second place, <laughs> uh, the thruple to end and level all thruples. It's Buffy, Spike, and the walls, R.I.P. Mm -hmm. Fucking down the house. And in first place, it had to be you. Mm -hmm. It had to be all of us. Mm -hmm. And Giles. Giles and all of us. Number one slot for all of season six, Sexual Tension. I, it's just so beautiful to it's... see a whole season's worth of uh, work and sweat and uh, electrically charged air between entities, you know, really come to a head. A, a head, you said, like a like a Anthony Stewart head. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're out of here so that you can hear us talk about the thing you came to hear us talk about, which is season seven, episode one of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Lessons. Uh, this is the point in the intro where I usually read an email from you, so this is your reminder that you can send us an email at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com, and perhaps you will hear it up here at the top. Also, speaking of tops, Angel on Top's season premiere is <laughs> next week, November 10th, and you will see that episode in this feed as your reminder that they are moving into their own feed. So we will have all the details for you where you go to subscribe to make sure you don't miss a single episode next week when they return. You'll hear that premiere here, and then you will be able to listen to seasons one through three all in the same place for the first time and begin your journey with Morgan and LaToya for season four. Yay! All right, let's get to it. Indeed. Hello! And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free. 
in tandem with my beloveds over on Angel on Top, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And this week we're back uh, alongside Sunnydale High School. We are back Mm -hmm. with season seven, episode one lessons you should stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by jenny sometimes with my help recapping the buffy episode we are discussing good people of the buffering verse let me tell you that lessons was written by joss whedon directed by david solomon and originally aired on september 24th 2002 how many days before but just simply but uh, a month and 29 <laughs> days. <laughs> I don't know, a little under two months. Can someone <laughs> just under listen, two months till my birthday. Can someone please make a Jenny's birthday calculator for us at this point? There should just Surely be somebody out there could, yeah, just program something. Where you just type in the date and then it tells you how far away you were from which birthday of Jenny's. I think that we would all deserve help. that. Yeah, thank you. Um, hey, this is the one where Dawn starts school at the newly rebuilt Sunnydale High while Buffy patrols the new campus on the lookout for anything out of the ordinary and for good reason. Dead people hunt Dawn and Buffy. Spike reappears and there's a new principal at school. High-pitched whistle that I can't do because I don't know how to whistle. Thank you. In England, Giles rides a horse. Just kidding. It doesn't say that. In England, (laughs) Giles helps Willow to learn to control her power and begin to forgive herself for her actions in Sunnydale. Jenny, I'm like, I feel nervous. Like I I have like nervous energy. It feels like such a big. recording the pod? You're stressed out? It just feels like such a big, it just feels like a big deal. I I like. We're standing at the yawning maw, <laughs> gazing out into the abyss at that which awaits us. Oh, just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's this episode, generally speaking, this episode brings me a lot of feeling. I'm sure that that is wrapped up in the fact that it is also the season premiere of our final season of this Yee. journey. But even it's like really hit. It really hits the nail on the head of uh, bring it all back around again, you know, like in so many ways, which obviously we'll talk about in detail. But I just I think it's really brilliantly done this episode uh, in in that calling back to where we began. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Um, I took a lot of notes. So buckle up. Me too. Put your helmets on. First, before we can go to Sunnydale, Kristen, we have to go to Istanbul, not Constantinople, (laughs) but Istanbul. Any any person who is our age can only think if if you hear the word Istanbul and you are were ever a fan of they might be giants. You're Istanbul, and you just think not Constantinople. I did. I thought the same thing. What's wild is that actually. I recently learned through my coverage over on Veronica Mars Investigations that Istanbul, not Constantinople, was originally released in 1953 by the four lads (gasps) in a swing style. Oh, my God. So that was a cover? Mm Mm-hmm. Holy shit! My mind was blown, and now yours can be, too. Oh, my God. And never did I know. Especially because, like, the... 
the jet like the lyrics in that song are so in line with like the lyrical stylings of they might be giants totally it was a novelty song so there you go yeah i guess that's uh, it. and it was written on the 500th anniversary of the fall of constantinople to the ottomans unbelievable do you know that i saw they might be giants in concert <laughs> <laughs> wow well, I tell you, not just because I'm excited that I got to see them in concert. This was in the year, mm, I would say, 1994, but because they were co-headlining with the Violent Femmes, and it was probably one of the coolest shows that I've ever gone to. So there you have it. All right. Anyway, All yes, right. we start in Istanbul. Uh, notes notes from me, notes from Jenny, notes from Mac, notes from Alba, that we enter with this stereotypical Middle Eastern music. Why? <laughs> yeah, they went to the, the catch-all uh, general Middle East. Uh, yeah. This one will take care of everything music section of exactly. what they had available. Well, but Max Max note to us honestly like hit me the hardest, which is like, why don't we ever hear contemporary Turkish or Egyptian music? It's like, no, because it's an ancient land. Right? It's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like satirically, that is exactly what it all leads back to. Is like if we're always imagining that places that are not the United States of America are far away and rooted in the past, then that yeah. is the music yeah. we would choose to accompany this Istanbul scene. Um and. And hey, it's almost like we're in fucking Scream, the movie, because we've got a bunch of <laughs> ghost faces running mm. after this girl. And this is a great and there are several, several uh, cinematography moments, <laughs> several camera stylings, several. Listen, yep, keep going. There are just several shots in this episode that it, it make it clear that. They're pulling out all the punches to let you know that this is this is serious. Pulling out, pulling out all the stops. Shut up, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> just let me be, okay? Everybody, I'm likes just trying me to help. This way, we're here to communicate, and I'm just trying to supplement you're what right. you're offering. And you know what's so great is that no matter how much I learn, I forget it all. So it I doesn't know. even, you know, it's not. It's not even like I'm progressing in any way that will make me less of myself. So anyway. Up the drain pipe, this girl climbs, and the hooded dudes catch her, throw her off the roof. I hate and this. We assume stab her. I mean, listen, as a horror movie person, I don't see the knife go into the yeah. body. So traditionally, I not... you can't believe it un exactly. unless you see it or I a body. Would, yeah, but we are led to believe that perhaps this girl has been killed. I myself, having recently uh, just had to replace the roof of my house was watching this scene like, Oh, what's that interesting <laughs> the type uh, sticking out of the roof? Is that venting? I have one of those. What purpose does it serve? This requires more. Uh, oh, this is a harbinger research. of like you of us slowly losing the interest of our audience as we get more <laughs> aged and talk about roof yeah. tiles. Yep. Yep. So we cut. It's a really nice quick cut. It's sort of like you see the knife slam down. And like I said, you don't see it go in anywhere, but you do see a vampire pop up <laughs> at the moment that you nice. would have seen the knife uh, hit her body. Um, and we are in this beautiful. I fucking love this. We didn't talk about the previously ons because nobody wants to remember most of the. Things oh, my that God. In the previously on. Yeah. Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You hated this. It was terrible. <laughs> it's gone now. 
it's but in the no, past, but, but we're going to remind you. But the the scene that I or the the moment, the clip in the previously on that's connected to this is that we get a little snippet from the finale where Buffy is sort of seeing Dawn and saying, you know what, you can you can be a grown up essentially. Like I I've missed it. I haven't been like really seeing you clearly. And so it's really nice that we essentially begin our moment in Sunnydale with Buffy training Dawn, who is kicking ass all over this entire episode i'm just going to keep talking about how much ass don summers kicks um and it starts doing great it starts here important to note that buffy begins her little um motivational speech yeah by inquiring who's got the power Mm -hmm. uh power the babe the babe with the power you know what i mean yeah i do and Don makes a, a reference we can all appreciate as viewers of the show about how all vampires seem to inevitably pick up martial arts skills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a delightful little bit about uh, Buffy calling Don a little girl, Don saying, I'm a woman, Buffy calling her a little, a little woman. woman. <laughs> it's cute. It is cute. I gave it an LOL. And uh, class is in session, but class is delayed because this vampire's foot is caught on a route and he was just wondering if he could get some help i love that you can kind of see buffy allegedly picks him up by the collar and lifts him out of the grave but you can very much see the the bar mechanism (laughs) behind his shoulders (laughs) that you know a harness and a chain momentarily looks like he's a quarterback you know yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, but it's good yeah, and you know, Buffy is trying to explain to Don that like the answer to this, who has the power? It's about power and who has it? He has the power. The vampire has the power. Don't ever forget that. The stake is not your power. Um you have to remember that he has the power in order for you to kick his ass. Mhm. Um just an important thing for you to write in your Shanshu prophecies. It might be confusing in the Shanshu prophecies since those are mostly about the show Angel, but you know, just put it there. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Dawn, like I said, she like fucking throws this. She d- sort of ducks, and as she says later, mm-hmm. uses the vampire's own body weight to like fucking careen him into the headstone, and she's doing great. But then you know the vamp gets her because she misses his heart and has her in a has her in a chokehold sort of situation, and she screams Buffy, and Buffy really. Who really waits to the last fucking second here um, and gets him off. And they have this amazing fight. Incredible fight choreography. Jenny, were you like super WWE buckled in for this shit? I really, really liked in this fight sequence. I really love the ground level face kick cam that me too made my heart sing. Yeah, it's it's I mean, like I said, it's, it's a fucking season premiere final season let's do this shit said everyone on the production team let us please yeah speaking of my heart and the vampire's heart and all of that stuff have we in the long run of our podcast ever talked about slash put a call out to i'm sure what must be our vast cardiologist listenership uh where's the human heart i'm looking at pictures on the internet right now you know Mm. some of them are like it's plumb in the middle jenny and some no. of them are like, it's a little to the left. And it's then some of them are like, a it's a little left. more to the left than you thought, friend. So where is the heart? Please to tell us. To the left, to the left. That's where your heart is, in the chest, in your left chest. It's like a lot of the imagery, it looks like the heart is sort of like attached in the center, but shaped in such a way that it like... Leans left. Leans left. <laughs> 
<laughs> as a little point out Here, to the left what side. What is your podcast? Well, we're a medical Welcome podcast. Welcome to our podcast. We talk about anatomy. Um, well, I just assumed that it was to the left because if you're having a heart attack, it's your left arm that like you feel the stuff in. I know this because I am acutely aware of all of the signals that I should be aware of to signal my imminent demise. Um, okay. <laughs> as, an anxious, as an anxious person. Well, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you know more about the precise location of the human heart than we do, literally which is everyone, fairly likely, every uh, single listener, do do write in at bufferingthevampireslayer@gmail.com and let us know. Thanks so much. And it doesn't matter where this guy's heart is because Buffy decides she's like, you know what? It's fucking season premiere. It's my last mm-hmm. fucking season. Fuck a steak. I'm gonna behead this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Hi. Shit, we don't see that. We've gotten what three beheadings of vamp. I mean, I don't know. You probably know if you know how many vamps have been beheaded. Please write in at bufferingvampires.gmail.com. Yes. <laughs> but not a lot. Uh, yeah, this is uh, exciting. It's satisfying. Is this an okay time to mention that the mix of this episode is very weird? There are the music in this scene is is seems quite low to me the mm-hmm. dialogue when we go to england is like all over the place i realize it's harder when you're outside to mm-hmm. um obviously manage uh sound capturing but like it just seems like things are kind of all over the place i was wondering if anybody else noticed that Thanks. i have i have i mean this is technically probably our job to have done this research but you're also <laughs> good at it so but i have questions generally about this season cuz i'm um you know almost done watching through the whole season in prep for starting here and like audio wise and also in later episodes uh visually like can, it, it almost seems like this season was like not redone completely for digital streaming or something i don't know it just it feels a bit off so if you know more about that let us know um dawn has two little two little pokes in her neck uh where the vampire just got just a tiny little taste of dawn blood and she this is what i'm saying this girl She's got quips. She's got kicks. She's got it all. She said, I had a plan, Buffy. <laughs> I was going to get bit, come back as a vampire, and then bite you. Like, not at all <laughs> scarred by the experience. Ready yeah. to joke. Ready to yeah. tumble. This is a hey, summer's she's girl. Hey, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, yes. Well, vampires, that's a walk in the park compared to the ominous thing in your immediate future. <laughs> it's so scary. Cut to... A huge pair of scissors Mm -hmm. poised to cut a very shiny ribbon Mm -hmm. held by the the most beautiful man that Mm -hmm. has ever appeared Mm -hmm. in Sunnydale. Mm -hmm. Are Angel and Spike hot guys with uh, personalities and character development that we have already experienced that have made them perhaps even more attractive? Yes, totally. But is Principal Robin Wood objectively hands down the most beautiful man that has ever walked onto this set mm-hmm. a thousand times yes yes i'm so happy to see him i am so happy to see him as well uh we've got our third principal principal wood played by db woodside <laughs> cannot wait to talk about him in this episode and if we're lucky several more perhaps more yeah And what's that ribbon in front of that he's cutting? Why, it's the brand new, freshly 
rebuilt in the exact same place for some reason, (laughs) Sunnydale High School. The new Sunnydale High School, in case you're curious, is, of course, not Torrance High School. Not We know it's not the original, and it's actually filmed at California State University, which is in Northridge, California. All Uh, right. So that's where we are. And we go to our credits, some new stuff in the credits. Got any faves? Got any favorite new credit snips, Jenny? I can't remember if Anya on roller skates was already in the credits or if it was already just playing in my mind on repeat. I know. Uh, That's my favorite new thing. And I also, I panicked about that and the mummy hand. I was like, oh, the mummy hand. Ooh, Anya on skates. Wait, were those in the fifth season? Kristen, (laughs) you could go back and look, but why bother? Um, Uh, Basically just the thing I'm happiest to see in the credits, whether it's old or new. Yeah. I know that there's a a fucking demon in the credits that we haven't met yet. And I know I don't like his addition to the the credits (laughs) whatsoever. Um, we get Dawn and the sword from the finale of the last nice. episode, uh, some new spikes, some different Buffy shit, and something that I found very fascinating that we can talk about because it is in this episode is that the hero shot. So last season, we talked about the hero shot, and a lot of you wrote in and said that actually isn't Buffy. It's the Buffy bot. In, Hell in yeah. seasons, season six, the hero shot we get from the uh, season is is the Buffy bot. And this is not Buffy either. It's it's Buffy. It's and we see this. We'll talk about it when we get there. But we see this transformation at the end of like all the villains, and then this whatever this is transforms into Buffy. That's the Buffy that the hero shot is from. God. So like, just saying. It's interesting to me that. you know, I don't think it's a spoiler to suggest that this morphing evil that morphs into Buffy is not actually Buffy. And that means that there's only five seasons worth of Buffy Summer's hero shots and the final two are Buffy adjacent. It's very interesting. Sharp eye. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Let me take you away God, to I'm... a magical land populated solely with horse daddies. I scream. Listen. I scream. I cannot stop screaming. All okay. caps. Okay. You think you're screaming now. Can I got to just... tell you something. Fine. But can we just say the words Giles is on a horse in a yeah. field wearing yeah. a long coat? Or a long horse riding coat, I oh, assume. Oh, my God. Giles. But now you're older, you've got glasses that help you watch over us. Thank you, Giles. Okay, Kristen, would it sweeten the pot for you if I told you that horse belongs to Anthony Stewart Head? Oh, His name is Otto! Oh, no! Get and then, here. And then, oh, God. what if I also told you? Oh, no. That that house they're shooting mm-hmm. in and around, that's Tony Head's house oh in England. God. He was like, I'll do another episode of your little show. <laughs> you come here. But bring literally everything to me. <laughs> wow. Um, I had somewhere in the in the corners of my brain, I did know that that was Tony Head's house um, or something that <laughs> was near to or related to Tony Head. But I did not know that that horse's name was Otto. Nor did I know that it was his horse. Uh, I can't stand it. I can't even stand to see this man just fucking casually riding a fucking horse. We're in Westbury, England. Clop, 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 clop. 
Oh, it's unbelievable. Soft padding of a, okay. Whew. Willow is by a tree. She's sitting here. We learn that she is with Giles and the coven, um, essentially being rehabilitated from all of the events that transpired in season six. I have more to say about that, but you know, we should talk about the the minutia, which is that Willow pulls a flower up out of the earth. And we kind of through this learn about what she's been what she's been learning in her lessons. Hmm. Title of the episode. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that plant doesn't um belong there. That plant is not uh, native to English soil. She has enticed it all the way from Paraguay. Yeah, because uh, everything's all connected. Right, and that's just one of the th- the many things she's been learning here. Uh, yeah, everything's all connected. The the molecules, etc. And we also learn a very important fact, which is the one subject. The Giles is not knowledgeable in is synchronized swimming. Makes no sense to him. Can't figure it out. I'm with you, Giles. <laughs> so Giles is talking to Willow about the, all the things that have happened. And she basically says, like, you know, I wish rather than like teaching me how to use this power, I wish you'd just take it away from me. And Giles is like, well, we can't. Interestingly saying, this isn't a hobby or an addiction. Oh, my God. <laughs> What? Skirk! Skirk! Would you- the magic is inside you now, <laughs> further confusing the metaphor. Just help, help. But- magic is whatever we need it to be. <laughs> They're like, boy, that metaphor got messy. Let's just um let's just undo it. Start over. Beep. Uh, Reset. And then let's hear the sound clip of Willow talking to Giles uh, at the end of this scene. You killed people, Giles. I've not forgotten. When you brought me here, I thought it was to kill me. Or to lock me in some mystical dungeon for all eternity here with the torture. Instead, you go all Dumbledore on me. I'm learning about magic, all about energy and Gaia and the root system. Do you want to be punished? I want to be Willow. You are. In the end, we all are who we are. No matter how much we may appear to have changed. (sighs) Okay. So let's talk about Faith Lahane for a fucking second here. I'm always ready to talk about Faith Lahane for any number of seconds. Well, without getting too deep into it, because this is a big episode, but... Let's just fucking talk about the fact that Willow has killed a person, some people, probably, more than one person. Mm. What is Rack? No one ever knows. We don't know if Rack qualifies as a person by the universe (laughs) rules, but Willow Willow got dark and she almost destroyed the entire world, world, actually. Whole world. She says, I thought you were going to bring me here to essentially put me in prison. Oh, yeah. that's interesting because I They're think like, that no, there no, is... no, no. We just do that to Faith. That's just, just... The... so she's the only one. Okay, so let's just put a let's just put a pin in that shit. That Faith Lahane, having accidentally, literally accidentally, killed Alan, and then you know, and then she went to work for the evil mayor. But you know, sure, but she was struggling. We, she with was the having a hard time inside of. She was living in the Sunnydale mm. Roach Motel while the Summers house had a sprawling guest room. Given no space, given very little encouragement. 
attacked by a, a, her her own girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? And then and then she fucking put herself in jail because there was I, she, that's what that's what she fuck that fuck everything. And I just want to say that like it is uh, nice that Willow has gotten this um, time in the fields with some horses and flowers to uh, rehabilitate herself and learn how to reintegrate herself into the world in a healthy way. And I think that that should have been also given to Faith. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that more um, at some other point. A developing topic. Summer's house. Xander's wearing a suit and I'm like, it's so weird how Sunnydale has like demon bars and the espresso pump and a movie house, but no tailor, not a single tailor within the city (laughs) limits of Sunnydale available to tailor this suit. Even though I like, you know, how I just like left season six screaming about Xander. I just <laughs> like I, I like to, like you can still hear the echoes of it when he gets out of this car in his suit with his blueprints. I have to say, I feel very nostalgic and I feel a lot of love for him in this moment. It's very sweet. He's all grown up. Me, too. That's why I want him to have a tailor yeah. so that um, his suit looks better. <laughs> just fun. Uh, as luck would have it, his crew is doing a lot of work. On Sunnydale High. How smart. Convenient. This is smart integration. You know, like yeah. I think it's it's pretty smart. It's it doesn't feel like overly stretched, and it's a nice way to get Xander at the school. And you know, it's good. Yep. Yep. Buffy made some cereal. How do you make cereal? <laughs> you put the box next to the milk. It's good. <laughs> That's I great. On the Food Channel. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller, as always, is phenomenal. Her line delivery in many of these scenes, I mean, it's it's like, you know, she's been in training basically for six seasons uh, of delivering lines very quickly and quippily. And she's just like aced the fucking exam with yeah. season seven because she's like in the kitchen. I don't even know. She says like 80,000 things in two seconds. And it's hilarious. The core of which is um, it's so good that my sister's about to go to the same high school that tried to kill me for three years. <laughs> So Xander's got the old blueprint and the new blueprint mm-hmm. of uh, Sunnydale High. And he yeah. does the thing that makes me very happy where he holds them mm-hmm. on top of each other against the light. And we can see that the epicenter of the Hellmouth, which was formerly beneath the library, is now under the principal's office. Isn't that interesting? Wee-oo, I don't know why I gave a siren noise. I meant to be like, Ooh. There you go. <laughs> Um, Xander ghosts says, and sirens, distant cousins, but you know <laughs> they have separate functions. Xander says the last two principals were eaten. Who'd even apply for this job as the principal? Which I like. It's like I knew that Flutie had been eaten by hyenas and that Snyder had been eaten by the snake mayor. But, but it, you never like, connected the. I dots never before. connected that they were literally. They both died by being eaten. Oh yeah. They give Dawn, this is a really sweet moment, even though we don't learn what the gift is in this moment, because Buffy has waited for Xander to get there oh, so they yeah, can give cute. her her back to school gift together. Really? And it's a weapon. It's a weapon. We don't see it. <laughs> Here we are. Sunnydale High School 2.0, baby. Uh, I know where Buffy's coming from, but if I was Dawn in this episode, I would be so mortified, but then also later ultimately thankful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dawn is definitely wearing a sweater that she bought at Express. Uh, it's it <laughs> so cute. A little pink and white and green checks. Um, and 
Buffy is. And I, you know, if anyone out there is a fan who has like a spreadsheet of all of the references to previous episodes that happened throughout this season, send it to us because I'm happy to point them all out, but we'll never catch them all. Just like Pokemon. (laughs) Uh, Pokemon. (laughs) How do you say it? Pokemon. 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 Stay away from hyena people. Ding. Lizardy type athletes. Ding. Anyone invisible. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I recognize all of those. Yeah. Um, and Don accurately says, uh, Buffy, I don't think I'm going to see anyone invisible. <laughs> <laughs> and then as though from thin air, mm-hmm. uh, Principal Wood appears and introduces himself. And there is a hilarious two-way street that occurs in which Buffy <laughs> says she expected him to be more aged. And he says that uh, she seems pretty young to have such a grown-up daughter. At first, I like got upset. <laughs> Everyone. At, at first, I got upset with him for saying that because I was like, how dare you? Like, she could, you know, don't, don't call out, like, the age that somebody was when they had a kid. But then I realized that Don and Buffy are, like, three years four apart. years apart. Four yeah. Years apart. <laughs> So, so fair. Um, and yeah, they have this exchange and Dawn leaves. She heads into school. She's like, leave me alone, mom. <laughs> then Buffy uh, just starts wandering the halls. Why not? Uh, I just want to make a note that after 2001, the high school that I had gone to mm-hmm. started having like an intercom that you had to like get buzzed in at like the doors were locked during the day it was like a closed yeah campus so it is funny that an adult woman can just be wandering around the halls of the high school she took advantage of that like first day uh chaos it's a little chaotic yeah just sort of snuck in uh but she sees she sees a really suspicious basketball. Spoo! <laughs> scary basketball. It's just such a funny choice. It's like they could have, I don't, and I'm sure they made it intentionally and I'm just not getting it, but like literally it's just a basketball and she's like, the fuck? She looks was at it that? and she's like, oh, balls. <laughs> Is it Riley? Yeah, yeah. She's like, follow that ball. There could be a sweater at the end of it. She. <laughs> She walks past a very ominous sign that says basement. And then we go to this like basement, no student access. I feel like it either says basement or it says nothing because the best way to keep kids out of stuff is making it unmarked. (laughs) Basement, no student should ever go down here. Students who go down here will be very, very, very in trouble. Definitely don't go down these stairs to smoke a cigarette between classes or you'll be in trouble. I said, don't do that. Hey, what are you doing? Close the door. It's a very long sign. Oh, that reminds me of uh, Angela Chase, Jordan Catalano in the does. boiler room, baby. So, okay, there's a lot of like cutting around in Sunnydale High School in this episode. So we're in class with this teacher who seems just lovely. Doesn't this guy seem great? He seems very nice. Very nice. Uh, he's like, well, we're all going to introduce ourselves. Everyone's worst fucking nightmare, first of all. <laughs> no one likes this. <laughs> And then we go to the bathroom where Buffy is. She's looking in the mirror. Very relatable content. She's saying, this isn't mom hair. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just as she's confirming for herself that she has hair that is simply in the bloom of youth, uh, and she still actually gets carded all the time. Thank you Mm -hmm. very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, She spies upon the counter next to the sink 
uh, what appears to be some stuff. Twigs? Some twigs, maybe a feather mm-hmm. uh, bound together. Mm-hmm. And she thinks, hmm. And then <laughs> she thinks, hmm, I should pick this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, I thought you <laughs> thought you had been to this school already, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we get a zombie ghost, our first. Zombie ghost. You can't uh, protect yeah. her. You couldn't protect me. This brings me to my biggest criticism of this episode, and I'm sure that there's a reason for it. But like all of these beautiful, delicious, juicy callbacks, why could we not find three actors that had been in season one of Buffy the Vampire Slayer or even seasons one through three? Oh, my gosh. Imagine they had gotten the very first guy from the pilot who Darla kills. That's ah! Like there, I mean, I'm sure that it was the kind of thing where like people are like, Kristen, why didn't you do this in the podcast? And I'm like, do you understand how much I'm very busy? Yeah. So, so like I have space, I have sympathy, but like as a viewer, I just want so badly because it's the only thing that's like not just fucking perfectly nailed in my or even or even just like referring to actual events that we've seen like if one of them had been mauled by the flying monkeys that Uh, andrew released on the school play that would have been great yes Uh, yes exactly so i don't know why i'm sure there's a reason but i want it done I love to dance. I say it like that. She doesn't say it like that, but that's how Sarah no. Jessica Parker says it in the movie Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dawn is absolutely crushing the homeroom yeah. introduction. Yeah. Uh, she's doing a great job. You know who's not doing a great job? Who? Buffy. <laughs> Bursting in in the middle of uh, a Dawn a, crushing I'm it. sorry, but you're just going to have to wait a minute because I'm going to talk about the fact that Dawn says... I love to dance. I love music. I'm very into Britney's early work before she sold out. Beat for a pause. Kristen gets mad. How dare you insult my Britney Spears? And mm-hmm. Dawn says, so mostly her finger painting and her macaroni yeah, art. Great. But I'm bumped. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we can't pass a Britney Spears moment in this podcast. Sorry, my may. mistake. Please continue. So Dawn's tight five is absolutely killing it. Uh, all the hard work she's been putting in on the club circuit is clearly paying off. When Buffy bursts in and interrupts her amazing work uh, to embarrass her and crush any potential for her to make friends today. Dawn, we have to go. It's not safe. And then as she backpedals, I thought you were in danger of smoking. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then Buffy excuses herself. And Dawn finishes her self-introduction by saying, I also have a sister. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie, 
in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX. There's so many ways to watch movies these days. Your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets. You will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We're at the E-Pump. We are at the E-Pump. The e- that is short for espresso pump. And there is a couple of people playing some live music. They got, they got word from uh, Central Perk that uh, some live uh, guitar playing and uh, light singing would be nice. So, Jenny, uh, I was like, who are these two fucking people? Mm-hmm. Like, where mm-hmm. did they come from? A and I did, I did a little digging, and I found out that this is actually a duo called, or a band, I don't know if there's more of them than these two, called Strange Radio. Uh, and the reason that this is actually kind of interesting to me is that mm-hmm. Strange Radio has another song called Make Me a Star, and that song played... At Anya and Xander's engagement party. So interesting. That's kind of a fun little a little nugget to to bite on. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's it's a funny it's a funny choice because why don't we just cut like what were was the budget really necessary? Could we could we could have just gone to the e pump and and seen beautiful Callie Rocha and uh, Emma Caulfield here at the table, but. To each their own. Uh, can I tell you a little something about Callie? Yeah, I might already know it, but you should tell me anyway. Well, Kristen, you may already know it, but uh, just in case our listeners haven't read the Wikipedia article about this episode, <laughs> uh, let me tell you that every time you see Callie appear in season seven, don't know how many times that's going to be, but every time you see her, please know that she taped all of her scenes mm-hmm. she filmed all of her scenes on, in one day so every time you see her it was the same day as this yep. being filmed yeah and it's because she was in a production of noises off which is especially exciting to me a theater nerd oh 
Um, she's fucking amazing, Callie Rosha. I hope we're saying her name properly, but like, I mean, she's incredible and she nails this scene. And this scene is here to essentially let us know that Anya is um not not as vengeancy as she once was. They're calling her Miss Soft Serve. Also, Anya's hair is brown. Important. Yep. Looking good. Miss Soft Serve. Hilarious. Uh Halfrick cites that there have been no deaths, no eviscerations. <laughs> uh sounds like somebody wished their husband was a frog and Anya made them. French. French. She says some rude things about, about French people. Yeah, she does. Uh, no thanks. It, just, it also doesn't. It's like this is how you know there are writers in the room because Anya's lived for like a bajillion years and has traveled the globe and like probably would not be saying these ridiculous things about French people. Yeah, she's... though it it does really pair well with her like uh, her strange uh, I love America. <laughs> Patriot capitalist streak. <laughs> uh, Hallie's like, you fell in love with Xander. And Anya goes, it was a glitch, a summer thing. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, and then Hallie says some important shit, doesn't she, Jenny? She says that something ancient is rising and everyone's tail is twitching. And she says, it's a bad time to be a good guy. What a quote. What a yeah, lovely quote. Interesting. I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, and then uh, Hallie gets one last dig before this scene ends, which I just have to give her credit for because she fucking nails it. Anya's like, what is this, an intervention? Shouldn't all my demon friends be here? And Hallie just looks at her and goes, sweetie, they are. (laughs) And I love it, Hallie. I love you. Okay. I can't remember if I've ever... Yeah, I've seen them in a room together. I would say that Clem is is uh, one of Anya's demon friends. That's true. That's true. But still, sick burn. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sunnydale High School, Xander and Buffy are chatting about the zombie ghosts. Just sort of establishing that that's happening. Yep. 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 Uh, meanwhile, across campus, uh, the string beans sitting next to Dawn. <laughs> uh, this is what I'm working with. Girl zombie, janitor zombie, string bean zombie. <laughs> great, great, great. Uh, string bean asks for a pencil from mm-hmm. Dawn. And when <laughs> she hands it to him, he suddenly is decaying and tries to stab her in the eye. And she falls to the ground shrieking. Yeah. And thinks of a great lie. A bee flew in my eye and I'm allergic. This is how you lie, Dawn Summers, people. extremely resourceful. Good God. Don't encourage people to lie, though, Kristen. Sorry, but if you're gonna, just at least do a good job of it. Um, I also would like to give a special shout out to Dawn's adorable pencil case. <laughs> and... I just want to note something that happens at the end of this scene. It's almost like a throwaway. But as Dawn leaves to go to the bathroom, a student says, like, I guess it runs in the family. And because my brain was in such like a season seven, season one place, like holding them next to each other. I just thought it was kind of interesting that I think that in season one in 1996, the scene would have been written like, guess it runs in the family. Like, really, like, rude teenagers being rude about people. And in this thing, even though it's so small, it wasn't. It was, like, just this dude who was like, I guess it runs in the family. And they were all like, mm, yeah. Like, it was, like, yeah, very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's tiny, but I just... I was thinking about it and, like, thinking about the way that um, teenagers and high school students are portrayed on screen and, like, how that may have been changing from 96 to the early aughts and have continued to change... So that's my little thinky thought for you. And um, 
Now we can go to the next scene. To the bathroom. Moaning Myrtle. Listen, (laughs) Dawn is sitting on a toilet seat in her clothing. And I'm here to ask, have you ever sat on a toilet seat in your clothing? If you have, we'd love to hear your story. Please dial 1-800-I-SAT-DOWN. What is this? Why are they always doing this on TV? I sat down. <laughs> or, or are people just out there in the wild doing this and I'm the only one who doesn't know about it? I mean, I think I think that, well, a few things. A, in a, in a personal bathroom or a bathroom where the toilet has a lid, I sit, I've definitely sat down on many. Sure, on the lid. I'm not a, you know. <laughs> lidded toilets. But, Monster. But also, like, if you have to go and cry in a bathroom, you can do it standing up or you can do it sitting down so it's no. I, i'm just saying um, i guess a public school bathroom is probably getting clean like you squat daily right Ghostface. there's no accounting for what Ghostface gets up to in bathroom stalls <laughs> let's not uh, use that as an example but speaking of crying in bathrooms don hears some yeah cut to now my like location-based notes are about to go on a wild lily pad ride yeah. because it's like th- like Two sent one to two sentences in, in the hallway, place. in the bathroom, in the hallway, in the bathroom, in England, in the basement, in the hallway. In the basement. <laughs> it's a lot. So we're back in the hallway, and Buffy runs right into Principal Wood. And I love, I really, really, really love how DB Woodside is playing this. He mm-hmm. like has he simultaneously has this like warmth and this like strange distance where you're like what's going on here Mm -hmm. and like he's kind of like poking fun at her but he also like later asks her to do something serious like I I just like love how you have no idea what to make of him and like we've also just learned that his office is located directly on the Hellmouth so there's like an added like what's this guy about yeah he does he does a good job because obviously the episode is set up to make us suspect is it an is it is there something going on with the principal? Is there? But uh, the way that he delivers the lines is not to point us in that direction at all, um, letting us know that like probably that's just probably that's not real, right? Or is it? Or am I being tricked doubly? <laughs> you know, it, it's it is, right. it's really effective. Um, back in the bathroom, we meet uh, Kit, who tells us that someone was in here. Yes, Kit, played by Alexandra Breckenridge, who you might know from American Horror Story. Nice. uh, Seasons one and three. She was the young version of the woman in the French maid outfit in season one, Moira O'Hara. Okay. Uh, She was also in This Is Us and The Walking Dead. She's been in a lot of stuff. Nice. Look at her go. Back to the hallway. <laughs> Woods, like, I know more about you than I let on. I think that's the only sentence that we then get. Then back to the bathroom. Then we go back to the bathroom again. Kit's like, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And Don's like, LOL. <laughs> you yeah, must be you new don't know what I believe. Because my last name is Summers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then this is a great scene. I love this. They look in the mirror. The three zombie ghosts are behind them. The lights explode. And then hands come up from the fucking tile floor and pull them down through. It's a classic. Chef's kiss. Nice. Very good. Um, Are you telling me now from this moment until the end of the episode, nobody has to pee. Nobody goes into that bathroom is like, there's a huge fucking hole in the floor. I should tell somebody. (laughs) Nobody. 
suspend. Okay. I'm suspending it. I'm suspending my disbelief. All right. All right. Back in England. Ooh, Willow has felt the lights explode in the Sunnydale High School bathroom. Uh, she, yeah, Giles is holding her sort of like in the grass and he says, you know, what just happened? And she's like, it's all connected. Remember I was telling you earlier, but it's not all good and pure and rootsy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say that Allison Hannigan in, in this scene and in the scene that's sort of kicked the episode off, uh, is phenomenal phenomenal and the way she's styled is so good it's like you really get the entire flavor of the fact that willow has just gone through massive amounts of trauma um Mm -hmm. she looks she looks like older and not in just like an age way you know she just looks like she's been through some shit and that's a styling thing um Mm -hmm. and the just the delivery that allison hannigan gives to all these lines it's really good yeah She's not wearing like a corset or <laughs> anything you'd really see at a Renaissance fair mm-hmm. uh, as a certain way to the performance. She says it's all connected. There's deep black. I saw the earth. I saw its teeth. Mm-hmm. And Giles is like, oh, I know what that is. The hellmouth. And she's like, it's going to open. It's going to swallow us all. And then the cameraman is like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> The cameraman's like, I'm going to get the fuck away from those <laughs> impending teeth. Just runs backwards all the way through the door into Tony <laughs> yeah. Head's house. Tony Head's fucking... house is probably the safest place you could be, right? <laughs> oh, God. All right. So Kit and Don are, are on the floor. Um, Wood is talking about how he knows about Buffy's. He says, the school board recommended that I read your record. Why? Also, whomst? Also, whomst? All the principals. There is no school board. Come on. They're all. No, 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 no. They're all gone. Uh, But fine. He says that she has a checkered past and Buffy's like, or like a plaid or like a houndstooth. I don't know what she, she lists a bunch of plaid type things. Mm, Um, Tartan. Tartan, right. Um, And now we're in the basement and we meet Carlos. That's uh, David Zepeda. You may remember him from uh, walking away with the haunted basketball earlier. (laughs) I mean, this is and like just to just to I don't have anything super deep to say here, except for we've been at a high school in Southern California for many, many seasons. And we have not seen very many, if any, Latinx students at the high school. So. Uh, I'm glad that we have a Carlos, but just taking the magnifying glass out to be like, how is Carlos one of the first, if not the first speaking characters who is Latinx in this Southern California high school? Dawn does a fucking great job again here. She gets right to the point with Carlos. You know, she, they're like, are you dead? He's like, what? And she's like, here's the deal. There's some dead people. And now we got to get away from them. So that's what's going on. And now we need to leave. <laughs> Doing what like so many television characters can never do. Uh- yeah. Yeah. Picking up the pace. <laughs> Carlos explains like he just came downstairs first. I saw the sign. It said no students. So obviously what that read to me as is uh, smoking down here. Down yes. this way. <laughs> Correct. He unfortunately... Is going to give us our patriarchy jingle because he says he ran away like a girl. No, Carlos. The patriarchy! So 
well, Kit's like, it's not real. And fucking Dawn is like, I learned this lesson. Lesson one. Learned it just last night. It's always. <gasps> <Another> lesson? <laughs> it's always real. And then she pulls out that weapon that she was given. It is. The very first Scooby cell phone. If the apocalypse comes, you may now call her cell phone. <laughs> it's true. And Dawn does. She calls Buffy, who's still talking to Wood, uh, and she answers the phone much to uh, Principal Wood's chagrin. He's like, lady. <laughs> what are I you know. doing? You're still here. Get off school property and take your call dog walker i'm trying to run a school here yeah yeah she says it's my dog walker and then is like three dead (laughs) loud enough for for woodsy here and he's like oh my god Woods like oh my god now i see why nobody else applied for this position jesus christ uh it's another really cool shot where they're kind of going around and around and around which probably isn't the technical name for that shot The around and <laughs> can you do one of those round around around shots? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then Dawn has one last line on the cell phone call, which I have to point out, where she says, "Isn't the reception amazing?" Yeah, she's so pumped on the reception. I'm in the basement, and so if you don't mind, listen, it's it's the it's the season premiere, so it's going to be a little longer than most of our episodes. You're it's fine. But it made me think about, of course, the infamous Verizon commercials. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? So I I looked it up and that run of commercials started in 2002 and ran for nine years until 2011. This The actor's name, I don't know if you remember him, Jenny, but his name was Paul uh, Marcarelli. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just want to tell you three facts that I learned. Um, Hit me. One, massive in like the marketing and what have you spheres. This dude did these commercials for nine years for Verizon. His contract ended and then fucking Sprint hired him. Big deal. Oh, yeah. Sneaky. Very sneaky. And then two personal things about his life, which are kind of upsetting from a fame perspective. Uh, One, small. At a wedding he attended, more people lined up for pictures with him than they did with the bride. Oh, And two, this one's real rough. Uh, at the funeral of his grandmother, as her as his grandmother's casket was being lowered into the ground, he heard someone in the in attendance whisper, "Can you hear me now?" Oh God, fucked up! People, get your shit together. Just so fucked up. So anyway, that's my cell phone information. <laughs> it just got a lot darker than I'm sure many of you thought it would. Thank you for letting us know. You're welcome. So uh, Buffy hangs up and uh, flits away. From Wood, and he calls after her, good luck with that dog tragedy. (laughs) Uh, Down in the basement, zombies are grabbing, have grabbed Dawn by the throat. Buffy jumps and meet, like, does one of these, like, like, flying jumps. This is my spot. (laughs) Bing! (laughs) Have hole, we'll jump, you know? Yeah. Yes. Uh, And... We get some more of this conversation between like the zombie ghost and Buffy where yeah. <laughs> String Bean is like, I think what I'd like actually is for Dawn to be my girlfriend. <laughs> Buffy's like, no, no, no. I'm the Summers who dates dead guys. <laughs> and then this girl is like, well, you are busy making out with your dead boyfriend. Werewolves tore me apart. What are you referencing, ma'am? Yeah. Do you have an ep- a season and an episode number? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they, you know, they basically say like this high school was built on our graves. Just leave. 
All right. All right. Uh, but Buffy realizes that they are definitely blocking a door deliberately. Mm-hmm. So she fights them. Pow, pow, pow. They kind of teleport or something. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Do. But she they, finally they, gets through. Yeah. They take take a couple ticks off the zombie and add a couple on the ghost. And they Yeah. 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 But she finally gets reappear. through. Opens the door. And oh, fuck. <gasps> First of all, she does a flying jump over their heads, which yes, needs to be yes, she does. noted. Yep. And then, yep. in all caps, what, do you want to know what my note is? What is it? Take a guess. Um, His roots grew out. <laughs> Fucking ding, ding, ding. Spike <laughs> has roots, is my note. Yeah, no, caps. this harkens back to a question that we have, have volleyed about since the dawn of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we what's were like, up with vampires like having does their hair grow do their nails grow what's going on yeah and i got like one million emails back then of like you should just check out season seven episode one because spike has roots (laughs) (laughs) uh spike is looking like fucking 1999 justin timberlake in sync Mm. in this shit yes but bad but, but yeah, I mean, he's on been a having rough. a hard time. He's I mean, been living in a basement. Yeah, and his shirt is open, his chest is cut up, his hair is uh, has not seen peroxide in many a moon. Ugh. And Buffy is like uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar again, incredible. Spike, are you real? Like she's just absolutely in shock about this situation, and um, Spike just starts laughing. <laughs> James Marsters, yeah. good job with that fucking laugh, man. That's good. He's not doing okay. He says, Buffy, duck. <laughs> I mean, I know you can't see my eye roll because <laughs> this is a podcast, but like, Buffy, duck? duck? There's a duck? Dude, <laughs> come on now. So she gets clanked in the head with Clank. a pole that the zombie ghost has. And she, like, sort of shuts herself into the room that Spike had been in that he came out of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spike says something important. No one comes in here. It's just the three of us. Eek. Uh, and... Then he says, this is really, first of all, very, very good performance by James Marsters and very, very sad. Uh, he's yeah. He is very upset. And we are to believe, like we learned at the end of the last episode of the last season, that he got his soul back. And we have some familiarity <laughs> with what might happen to a vampire who has lived a long uh, vampire life and then gets his soul back. We've uh, seen a certain broad-shouldered brunette with a long, flowing hair mm-hmm. uh weeping and mm-hmm. uh eating rats. darting around in various new york alleyways trying to catch rats yeah uh, so he's like i dropped my board in the water and the chalk all ran so he's like all the way back to like childhood memories yeah. And then Buffy, like, is just so concerned. I mean, like, obviously she's concerned, but I just, like, note it as something that is different than, like, other types of concern that we see in traumatic moments in this show. Like, this is, they have taken a beat for this. And she is looking at him and she pulls back his shirt and she sees all these cuts on his chest and says, what did you do? And he says, I tried to cut it out. This is hard, heavy stuff. Well, I'm just thinking about how it's really interesting uh, that because this is a 
fantasy horror show and a fantasy horror universe where that has different rules from our universe that sometimes I think, you know, it's not uncommon to think about somebody who you've seen like do terrible things that like really hurt people mm-hmm. and to wish that those people could know what it's like to be on the receiving end of the pain that they've inflicted mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. or something and because of the nature of this story that is within reach right like the switch has been flicked on spike and he is like being destroyed by it and it's just interesting it is and i think you know either between this episode and our next episode um or somewhere very in the near future of your ears um will be re-airing in the main feed i know this isn't precisely what you were talking about jenny but we'll be re-airing in the main feed the conversation that um i had with alba uh, and with jess clark uh, talking about seeing red specifically but i think that there's just um there's a lot of like nuance here right spike is back spike got his soul What does it all mean? And specifically, what does it mean that Buffy is moving with care and um, compassion towards Mm -hmm. Spike, right? Like, I think that's, like, a really important element of this all, too. So we'll... I don't don't think it's a spoiler to say we'll have plenty of time to fucking talk about this. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have plenty of time to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So Dawn is like, beep, boop, 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 beep, beep, beep. (laughs) Phone rings, Buffy answers it, and uh, Buffy's like, they're not ghosts, they're not zombies, and Spike, from the corner, is like, they're manifested spirits, controlled by a talisman, raised to seek vengeance. <laughs> He's like, oh, tale as old as time. He's like, I might be struggling with my new soul, but even I know the answer to this one, but, <laughs> yeah. um, And Dawn is like, who is that? And Buffy doesn't say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she does tell Dawn, these things can hurt you, but you can hurt them too. So find a weapon. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then to Spike, she says, I'll get back to you. She's yeah. Gonna... Spike sort of like turns to the wall and is kind of like moaning. It's, and Buffy's it's like, all very upsetting. <laughs> Buffy's like, I'm just in the middle of something. So, but I will be back. Yeah. So Buffy calls Xander. This is like, hey, cell phones are here now, right? We're seeing things that could not have happened in Pretty exciting. Years past. Yeah. Uh, she's like, there's a talisman in the, in the bathroom, but you probably know what to do because we've been doing this for years. So Dawn getting her fucking next award. Fucking Carlos finds a couple of bricks. She takes one look at Kit. She's like, Kit, empty your bag. Puts the bricks in Kit's bag and is like, boom, so good. weapon. Yes, Dawn. Yes. yes. Who dare not like the character of Dawn Summers? I challenge you to a duel. Yeah. It's good. She's doing some real good stuff in this app. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, then the friggin' zombie ghosts are back and zombie girl is telling Dawn we picked the ones that no one will this miss. is such a throwaway Fuck thing you. it's such a throwaway thing it didn't need to be that it could have just been that kit was in the fucking bathroom where the talisman was and carlos went down to smoke a cigarette i don't like that they add this like you're the you're the students that nobody would have known were, went missing like, what uh, i don't know it just seems it seems unnecessary and a bit weak and you know of course it's <laughs> of course it's like the the latinx kid and the goth girl who are like 
the, oh, yeah. the students no one who will know them. Will and know later they missing. have the thickest files yeah Whoa. yeah do a little better guys do a little better so whatever xander goes into the bathroom he finds the talisman a zombie jumps on his back um fucking in the basement buffy is playing whack a zombie with the bag <laughs> dude this is another i love this this fight sequence a lot uh i don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this before on the show no it's really good they, imagine the- doing the the fight choreo for this show for even two years let alone like for seven seasons and just trying to to keep it fresh and find new things to yeah. do yeah no it's really good also, though Xander is, you know, focused on his mission of collect talisman, destroy talisman, he first is distracted by, uh, you can see <laughs> his his brain calculator going like, oh, how much can I charge to repair this <laughs> broken bathroom floor? I mean, he couldn't have entered into a better profession in this town. Yeah, 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 true. Right? It's a, it's mm-hmm. a smart choice. So the zombie ghosts are you know, dispelled the moment that he breaks this thing. And um, Don's like, Buffy, how did you know it was a talisman? And Buffy's like, ah, there's there's always a talisman. Of course I knew that. There was not a newly insulted vampire in the back room who told me that. No. Uh, And then she says the real question is who put it there? Kristen, who put it there? Who put it there, Jenny? Buffy says what we all say when we return to our... Uh, former high school, middle school, <laughs> elementary school, as she leaves uh, the basement. Uh, it seems smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is and nice. Then she, she gives Don, Kit, and Carlos a little pep talk about sticking together and how everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, this is awesome new scoobies scoobies the next generation i know do we ever see these children again you know i, I know that we're I not think supposed we to do. get ahead of ourselves but we don't and i actually read a little bit about this that like you know a lot of people watching the season in in real time were like so stoked like oh my god like we have these two new main characters carlos and kit and like that would have been so fucking great yeah womp womp but no, uh, Kit gives Buffy a hug and Carlos says, you are the coolest mom ever. <laughs> Carlos! Oh, Carlos. Oh, I'm so sorry, Buff. Um, Wood rolls up on this scene and is like, why are you still here, <laughs> it's ma'am? Noon. It's noon. <laughs> it's um and he sort of is like wow kit and carlos of course have the thickest which you already said jenny the thickest files their their files are as thick as yours and now you've got them hugging and socializing and heading to class how about you have a job here at the school well (laughs) really uh community outreach yeah he says the money we could pay you wouldn't even fold does that mean there is none i know i was like wait if that means a small you can fold a dollar bill you could still yeah fold so it. quarters she's yeah. gonna be paid in quarters paid in change um yeah he's basically just like why don't you stick around she's like am i gonna be a counselor and he's like well that would be silly because you certainly have no license to be a counselor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We already have a real counselor. But we need a fake counselor. We so need can a you do that? young, cool, hip counselor the kids can really rap with. <laughs> so uh, then we have one last scene, and it's a doozy. Oh, man. Buckle up. This is incredible. Yeah, it's 
it's really sick. It, it has to be up there with one of my like favorite moments in the series. Which it's just so tasty. It's like you think you know, but you really have no idea. You're like, okay, I Sunnydale High is back, so we're like back to the beginning. Uh, everybody is like newer, older versions of themselves. They've all been through some stuff. Willow is on the mend. Spike is in disarray. Uh, Xander is uh, wearing suits. Uh, Dawn's going to high school, whatever. And you're like, okay, wow, it looks like there's a lot that's going to happen this season. And then, you fools! You fools! Then what happens is Spike is down in the basement talking to himself. And who's talking back to him? Well, first, it's Warren. Oh. Hmm. From season six? Warren from season six. I'm more than that. Uh, I'm more than flesh. He's more than something else, though, isn't he? He's more than blood, but that comes from Glory, who you may remember from season five. Season five? Hmm, six minus one equals five. Okay, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Keep going. Uh, but uh, that's not all. Adam <laughs> can be patient. Buffy's exactly where he wants her. Do you think that in the writer's room they tried desperately to give Adam the line mommy, but just I was thinking it the whole time. Figure it out. How to work it in. You do not. Your hair does not look like the hair of a mommy, said Adam. (laughs) Uh, Then Mayor Wilkins appears. Season three. Slipperier than a greased weasel so good he gets the best lines of all i think the most i mean the mayor is just i think had probably the most wonderfully character specific lines in the series in the series of villains uh because he also says what'd you think he's talking to spike would you think you'd get your soul back and everything would be jim dandy and then he gets a delicious mayor chuckle in which we've missed yeah oh jenny what's three minus one oh i think that's two which rhymes with drew who (laughs) says you'll always be in the dark with me oh singing our songs and drinking our fruit punch because it's the master who says (gasps) they're going back to the beginning not the bang not the word the true beginning and then the master says something that's not just true for spike and not just true for the residents of sunnydale but true for each and every one of us making and listening and participating in this podcast, mm-hmm. the master says the next few months are going to be quite a ride. And I think we're all going to learn something about ourselves in the process. Wow. <laughs> I'm so oh. excited. Yep. And then he gives us one last pivot, doesn't he? Pivot? Yeah, he says, look at you trying to do what's right. It's not about right. It's not about wrong. Bum, bum. It's Buffy, Buffy Summers more. Summers. It's about power. Mike, drop. Pew, pew, Hell. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Make your air horn noise. I can't do it. It's about power. Um, uh, who had? Uh, who had? Uh, everybody, check your bets. Who had? It's about power. <laughs> I'd like to play some fucking jingles, okay? Just a couple of jingles here. I, I would like to uh, play 
the Drusilla jingle because we saw Drew and her jingle is one of my favorites. And I would like to follow that immediately with the Hellmath jingle because that's what we just did, counting backwards through the seasons, literally on the Hellmouth. Here you go. Drusilla, you fill my heart with dread and still I'm Jenny, there's only other one jingle I can think to play at this moment. Well, Kristen, here we are at the top of season seven, bright eyed, bushy tailed and ready for hot heaping fresh doses of sexual tension and the awards that pair with such a thing. I don't know if you know this, but I happen to be the first host of this podcast to ever make it. Oh, my God. sexual tension. Here we go. Look at what you've done to me, people. Uh, Look at what you've done. It's not a big deal, but in case you missed it, I came in third runner-up, me and Anya on roller skates. So I actually Uh. know a lot about this segment and all that's entailed as as the only one of the two of us who has ever made it to the podium. All right. I'm very happy for you. Um, And I'll have no choice but to nominate myself in one slot for every episode moving forward in hopes of righting this grievous wrong. Overruled. Okay. For today's episode, which is, I mean, there's just like nothing is sexy about this episode. So we're just, we're grasping at straws, but in a loving way. Which is kind of sexy. In the first slot, I'm already shipping it, and it's just cloaked in mystery and uncertainty. I wonder what's going to happen. It's so wild. It's Buffy and Principal Wood. Hell yes. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. They The camera went around oh, and around them, Kristen. I, I don't know thought. what to tell you. Oh, you seem older than a <laughs> high school student. Ooh. <laughs> 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 I'd love to see you around my place of work more often. <laughs> okay. Uh, good luck to them. In slot number yes. two, mm-hmm. the noms I have procured for thee. Mm-hmm. It's Willow and it's Gaia. They've been connecting, Kristen. They've mm-hmm. been connecting a lot. It's true. Everything is connected, Jenny, as a matter of fact. I I know. That's why <laughs> I'm bringing this to your attention. <laughs> In slot number three, my personal fave. It's Tony Head and not leaving his house. (laughs) Tony Head and getting his way. Tony Head and convenient television filming. Hell yeah. Poor Callie Callie Rocha had to like fly in for a day. And Tony Head was like, no. Come to me, my children. No, thank you. And in slot number four, something familiar about this pairing. It's Buffy question mark and power again (laughs) in case you're worried about the future of sexual tension awards please note that i Kristen russo uh declared season seven the horniest of all seasons uh (laughs) just yesterday on twitter so so you know there's going to be plenty of things for us to chew upon in this segment uh, as the episodes continue (laughs) uh in the meantime 
Uh, to cast your vote for this questionable lot, please find our Twitter poll on Twitter at BufferingCast. We'll be live for one week from the airing date of this episode. So run, don't walk, go cast your vote. Democracy, la la la. Sexy, sexy democracy. Democracy, but make it sexy. Slots, noms. What more can I do for you people to make this democracy enticingly sexy? Come join us. Thank you. Could you imagine if you were like, if we were like, come and find our Twitter poll on Facebook? <laughs> all, right, all right 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 uh hey okay let's leave the segment well jenny it's the beginning it's yes. the beginning we are going all the way back to the beginning it's true can't believe we got fruit punch mouth man <gasps> it's been a long time it's been a long time uh, I wonder what is going on in this back room of this basement. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to now know that vampires can have their hair grow, though. It begs the follow-up question, does their hair only grow when they have a soul reinstated? Is a soul connected to the growth of hair? Question on everybody's mind, I think. I mean, think about it. Um, we've got, we've got Spike is back. We've got fucking Hallie is here. Anya's hair is brown. It's a bad time to be a good guy. There's a high school. The high school is here. Uh, uh, there's, there's just a lot. There's a lot to process, but lucky for all of us, there's a podcast where we (gasps) do exactly just that. We we (gasps) process each episode, one at a time. There's going to be a lot to talk about this season. Um, we're already working on some deeper dive episodes because, you know, yeah. We dig because we care. Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Wow. You know what I mean? It's lovely to meet you. And you as well. Thank you so much. Uh, and when I am not making this podcast... I am often writing and recording songs. You can hear some of those uh, on your favorite streaming platform. I release music under my name, Jenny Owen Youngs, and also with my band, LAXs. And you can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs and find me streaming live on Twitch on pretty much a weekly basis. Come on down. My name is Kristen Russo. Uh, and when I'm not talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Jenny Own Youngs, I'm often doing work with LGBTQ communities. You can learn more about that work on my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. And you can use that spelling to find me on Twitter and on Instagram, where I do that work, Buffy work, and also share lots of pictures of my cats. One of my cats now climbs the trees outside, but is also on a leash. So it's fun content for everyone, really. Uh, I highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BufferingCast. You can drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. And you can support the work that we do here on our Patreon page, of course bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Patreon. You can go to our store, which is chock full of new fun things like fucking candles, if they're even still in stock. I mean, who knows? It's been a couple of days since we announced it, but just good shit. There's a lot of good shit over there. So bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Click on shop and you could always rate and review us or just think good thoughts about us. Oh, yeah. Think good thoughts. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Alba Daza, with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited 
by John Mark Nelson. And till next time. <gasps> ah, Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.